Hey, it's Travis the Oscar Mike Radio. How are you doing? Today is January 16th. Yes, 16th. 2020. Not in vision, but the year 2020. And it's Thursday, which means it's time for Oscar Mike Radio. Um, and it's going to be back. And yes, I've got my LSU stuff on. Hang on a second. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. It's a good game last night. Um, record these in advance, so I'm a little groggy right now. But man, that was really good last night, and really happy for uh, the state of Louisiana, where I joined the Marine Corps out of. And um, even though I'm still considered a Yankee by some people, that's a long story. It was a very good night. Very good night. Great story too. So. This is the uh, third podcast for 2020, and, you know, trying this video thing, trying to keep this going, having a lot of fun doing it, and and just want to say that uh, this is showing me that, you know, if you start something and keep at it and do it, good things can happen. So that's where I'm at, and that's where I'm at tonight, is I'm just uh, taking a step back from doing guests and doing a little solo action. It's all good, and thank you so much for uh, watching yours truly on the video. I still don't get it, but I'm loving it. I want to thank my sponsors, uh, first and foremost, before I get going, uh, their support over the last year and a half has been absolutely fantastic, and I uh, wouldn't be anywhere without them. Starting off with Joyce Asac of Asac Real Estate. She uh, works out of Brockton and serves the South Coast and South Shore of Massachusetts. If you need real estate needs, go see her. I'll have her info in the description for this podcast and videos. Next up is my boy, Mark Holmes, Reaper Detailing and Power Washing, veteran-owned business. Mark's an Army National Guard veteran who has his own power washing detail business. That link will be in the video description and podcast description as well. And finally, with my new one, my new one for 2020, uh, Sean Schubert of Red Seal Martial Arts, Muay Thai Boxing, Conditioning, uh, Fight Training, uh, Knife Fighting, grappling the whole nine yards he's a fighter himself and supports veterans thank you very much and a lot of the graphic stuff you see is done by um, mike damon of vet unite so uh, check all these people out check all these people out so what are we going to talk about tonight let me see if i can do this oh i'm, I'm, I'm getting this down i'm getting this down um ah there we go I ran, I ran and, you know, I, I don't want to get into the political uh, ins and outs and things with uh, what's happened recently in Iran and what our leadership is doing. I think time will tell, but I, I, I really kind of wanted to, at a very high level, tell the story of Operation Tabus or, you know, and, you know, it's actually Operation Eagle Claw, um, and kind of remind people um, that this has been going on for a while. Let me explain. Uh, 
watching some of the news stories about the uh, strikes uh, in Iran, uh, in, in, in Iraq, particularly at the general, and what's going on there, and the air bases getting hit by rockets from Iran to Iraq. Some people are like, well, this has never happened. This is all new, and this is all because of certain conditions being met. And I'm like, no, it's not really it. Uh, we have had issues with uh, Iran for a while. And if you look at it, it's been 41 years since Operation Eagle Claw. I have Tabas there in the title to kind of draw attention to it. Um, but this was a big deal 41 years ago. And I was actually uh, very young, but I do remember the Iran hostage situation and how that all got going. So one of the things trying to do this is I realized I, I may have to follow this up. I might not be able to get this all done in, you know, a, a, a normal, you know, Oscar Mike radio length podcast. But I did kind of want to let you know that, hey, this, this was serious 41 years ago and kind of give an overview uh, of what happened and why. So it's, it's my understanding that a lot of the, the, the problems with Iran began with the United States. Of course, oil is the central factor. But if you remember your history or got to study Middle Eastern history at all, uh, before the, the 70s, uh, Iran was a very different place. Very cosmopol cosmopolitan, very forward-thinking, uh, you know, universities, uh, free thought, uh, you know, uh, the science, science uh, engineering, the whole nine yards. Not a backwards people at all. And in the 70s, uh, they were taken over by the Ayatollahs and basically became a theocracy based on the Muslim religion. And, and this is not a dig at Islam or uh, Muslim religion, despite how you know you may feel about it or I may feel about it. That's just a fact. Uh, um, the, the, the Ayatollahs, you know, basically ran the show. And, you know, they started using uh, Sharia law to, you know, judge and rule the citizens. And I'll have links in here, but reading about this, if I understand this correctly, um, what had happened was before the Operation Eagle Claw or Operation Tabas is one of their big wigs needed medical attention and came to the United States in New York to get a health problem looked at and the Ayatollahs thought he was defecting and, and you know betraying the country um, you know they thought the CIA was involved you know the infidel on 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 and what happened was uh, Americans in the Iranian embassy were taken hostage and they were held for a very long time so Thinking about this, you, you have, you know, the Vietnam War still fresh in people's minds. And this had never happened before. You know, maybe it has, but I, I don't remember and I couldn't really see any other situation in history where one of our embassies was taken over by a, 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 a foreign entity 
because again, just like Benghazi, that, that embassy, and, and just like Iraq here a couple weeks ago, that embassy, even though it's in a foreign country, is actually considered American soil. When a foreign entity has an embassy in our country, that is their soil. And uh, it's their soil until we declare um, them persona non grata. And, you know, that means that, uh, you know, we don't want you in our country anymore. We don't recognize you as a diplomatic entity and you should leave peacefully. But uh, the stay is over. It's time to check out. It's time to go home. So this has never happened before. No one had ever seen this happen before. And we couldn't understand why people were getting so upset about some guy coming to New York to get medical treatment. Pretty easy to us. And this became a big, long, drawn-out deal through uh, President Carter's uh, administration. Uh, diplomacy wasn't working. Negotiations weren't working. Uh, the Ayatollah, you know, figured that he was put in power to punish the Americans for the, us meddling in what he considered Iran's affairs and... Um, you know, messing around with what Allah had um, ordained. I don't know uh, if, if that was really the case, but that's what I read. It is it, This was taken very uh, negatively by the Ayatollah Khomeini, that, who was in charge at the time. So they had no problem holding uh, American citizens hostage. And the, the, the drive was to get our people out no one left behind we're gonna do this and so this plan is put together called operation eagle claw and i'll have a couple links from some places that i i you know looked up online it's actually a a very good um you can't believe it's real you know you, know, you see the pictures and i have the pictures there because that you know it, it didn't end well it was a failed attempt, but um, basically they were going to, they, we, the United States, was going to, you know, get these helicopters, and, and these are, the helicopters, and I'll have a picture in the, in the, in the, in the blog post, are, you know, CH-53 Super Stallion variants, and they were to fly out in the middle of the desert, uh, scored by some Air Force C-130s to refuel drop off uh, what was known as Delta Force. It was Delta First's first mission. Delta would assault the compound where the hostages were being held, you know, bring them back to the aircraft, and they would fly out. Game over, we win. And, you know, the, the, the question is now, how would this be handled? Would we try anything like this now? I don't know. I'm not going to sit there and, and you know, postulate on that. I don't know. But um, flying the desert, people think, is pretty easy. There's no trees or rocks or, you know, uh, lakes to fall into. But, you know, there's this thing called sand. 
and sand really uh, gums up the work. Sand really messes things up, right? And what happened was these aircraft, you know, started flying out there and they started having problems. And one of the C-130s, you know, was crashed into by uh, one of these big helicopters trying to maneuver around and get ready to take off and get in position for fuel. Uh, there were other problems. And they got out there and, you know, they had the crash. They had to get the, the, the chopper fixed. They were supposed to go in there with like um, six helicopters only. Hang on a second. Let me, let me check that real quick. My notes. One second. So it was um, three C-130s and eight helicopters. Eight helicopters. That's right. And then by the time they got there and, you know, got all set down, they only had five serviceable. And it, it just went sideways. It just went sideways. I, I, I mean, uh, they were low on fuel. The, the, the one C-130 crashing caused problems. The other helicopter crashing caused problems. And they pulled out without rescuing any of the hostages. And it was a huge embarrassment to the United States. Huge embarrassment. You know, we, we are the alleged superpower and we couldn't rescue our own citizens. And it was, you know, another, you know, almost, you know, eight months before the Americans came home. And what came out of this was uh, they discovered that the different services, you had the Navy, you had the Air Force, you had some Marines involved, you had the, the Army uh, Rangers involved, and, and none of them really worked together at the time very well. You know, they're, they're, they're in my sandbox, and, you know, I'm in my sandbox. And... Um, you know, also, they uh, didn't really plan and train for night flying in the desert with uh, all the problems that went around there. It's kind of funny to think about it, but low-level flying is pretty dangerous, come to find out. So, um, at the time, what is now, um, you know, uh, SOCOM, it was called USS OS, uh, US SOCOM. Was a, was a combination of uh, forces designed to work together. And they uh, really worked on specializing um, this thing called uh, SOAR, Special Operations Aviation, um, excuse me, Special Operations Aviation Regiment, SOAR, Night Stalkers. And these are Army pilots trained to... Uh, fly specifically in low-level, high-speed situations to, you know, go in, uh, land, extract a target, or drop somebody off and get out uh, very quickly, very fast. And I think what I might do, you know, looking at this and digging into this is I'm like, wow, there's just no way that I can cover all this in a 20-minute podcast. So, I'm going to try to break this down. I really am. I'm going to try to break this down uh, in February, March, and April and see if I can break down certain parts of it because there was there was fallout uh, 
for this. Uh, this there, there was different opinions about whether or not this would even work. Uh, the, the way this affected the negotiations for American hostages was affected, and it certainly had a negative effect on President Carter's legacy. Um, it wasn't until uh, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, President Reagan came into office that the hostages were actually released. And you could say that this happened on President Carter's watch is his problem. Maybe it is. It's still being talked about. But I, I kind of wanted to kind of get you engaged with a part of our history that's not really talked about a whole lot and kind of, you know, understand that, um, you know, this whole thing with um, our embassy being attacked in Iraq, the general being taken out, the rockets flying, is not the first dust-up we've had with Iran by any stretch of the imagination. And it's difficult for me because I've met some Iranians, um, you know, not in the military, but as friends, and they're very, well, they're very proud of their country. That They just prefer to be able to live their lives and enjoy their family and not really bother with anybody. A lot of them feel, at least this is what I'm told, a lot of them feel that they're dragged into these conflicts by their leaders and it, it's the innocent that wind up paying the price, which is an interesting perspective. And it'd be easy to sit there and just blame this all on uh, Muslims and Islam. I don't think that's really the case either. It wasn't until the really uh, stringent, extreme uh, Islamists took over that you know Iran started behaving this way. Because I'll have a couple pictures. Uh, I should have gotten them for this one, but maybe I'll have them in, in, in you know part uh, two, three, and four, where Iran is a very different place, and it's kind of hard to imagine now. So again, um, a lot, a lot of detail in this. And the reason I have Tabas in the title versus Operation Eagle Claw is because that's Tabas is what the uh, Persians, the Iranians, called this operation. And Operation Eagle Claw is what the um, American forces, what this was called. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought that was kind of different. Um, you know, Americans did die. Uh, eight service members died. And there is a monument at the Arlington National Cemetery. And uh, I'll have a picture of them in, you know, future podcast. But uh, it, it's something else when you have this happen, service members die, you know, you have assets being destroyed and, and no one being rescued. And I think what came out of that was a belief that we're not going to do that again. And you only have to look at the um, when the the uh, the Marisk, Alabama situation to understand just how far we'll go to protect American lives now. So, kind of a foundation podcast video for me. Uh, I, I definitely want to come back and check this out. I definitely want to come back and revisit this and, and really dig down into some details and break this up. But I, I just, again, I, I wanted to close this out and say that when you hear in the media that this is all recent and new, never happened before, no, it, in some ways it's actually been a lot worse uh, at certain times in our country uh, with this country and why Iran got in this way in the 70s is, is a whole other discussion. Not really in the military sense, but very interesting 
and maybe our, our founding fathers were right to demand separation of church and state. So 183 drops next week. I've got a lot coming up with people um, coming on Oscar Mike Radio, going places, doing things. I want to thank you all for the support. Please like and subscribe. And uh, check out my sponsor links in the video. We are locked through lunch.